The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Jen is the conservative crusader. Brian is our lovable liberal. Welcome to The Answer. Thanks for joining us on your Monday morning answer. A Monday that feels like a Monday after a nice long Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you had a great one, a safe one, wherever you are. Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Good morning. Yes, good morning to you. You look lovely, rested after a tryptophan-induced slumber. I know. I just woke up. Actually, I took a Thanksgiving <laughs> nap and just woke up a few hours ago. <laughs> yeah. If you if you if you, if you uh, commit yourself to an early nap on Thursday, why it can bring you all the way to Sunday afternoon. But actually, I lie. You know, I wasn't napping because I came in with a bit of a hobble today because I went a little crazy with the Christmas decorating over the weekend. Yeah, well, I understand that. I, actually, usually I get on you for this, but I understand <laughs> the inclination, the drive and determination to cheer up the place a little bit. So probably you were trying to put even more decorations than normal, which is a, a thought impossible, but apparently not. Let's just say the halls are now officially decked. They are decked. <laughs> yes. Deck the halls with boughs of Lysol. Bring on the Bengay. <laughs> Use the hand sanitizer. Don't touch the ornaments. Fa la 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 la. Well, can you feel it? If you're waking up in LA County this morning, can you feel it? The stifling of another L.A. County lockdown. This one was announced by Dr. Barbara Ferrer, who has now officially made it into getting her own protest. You know, over the weekend and actually for the last several months, there have been protests going on at Eric Garcetti's house. Not to scare you, but I will play you just a bit of the Thanksgiving celebration that some Angelinos had on the front lawn at the mayor's mansion. Take a listen. uh... Which... Doesn't feel like a nasty protest. It actually like sounded a like fun, for a didn't moment. it? What's that? That sounds like. I mean, that actually doesn't sound like sounds- people are angry. That sounds like we're having some sort of carnival. Sounds like New Year's Eve, nineteen seventy-seven, or something like that. Yeah. I actually thought it was a sound effect at first, but that's really the people. <laughs> you said, and, and- "Is that like two sound effects running together at once?" I said, "No, this is actual audio recorded on Thanksgiving in front they of Mayor Garcetti's house." Make me, maybe they were background actors, or they were real people protesting. Right? There could be <laughs> actors out there. Who knows? You know what I think it is? It's kind of amusing that we've become so. I don't know, like good has like kind of everything's sort of convoluted. Right. And so we've now got good and bad and people upset about about uh, covid restrictions. But they're just so dang happy to get out of the house that when they're out protesting, it's It's like Mardi Gras. I'd like to see where this goes. Is there anything beyond the bucking bronco rodeo yell? All right. It's it's a little bit much for Monday morning, but wake up. We keep it low. Good morning. There's some real sirens in there from the yep. police. Those aren't behind you. Unless they are. fully defunded. The sirens still work. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's uh, 12 o'clock. It's like Dick Clark should be out there. God How about him. that? That's outside Getty House where the mayor lives. And then Dr. Barbara Ferrer. She got uh, some protests too. Well, she And you know what? Actually, in these days of closures and restrictions so many businesses are challenged you got to hand it to the the folks who run la sightseeing buses with the open air Uh, they're now taking protesters locals from getty house 
all the way to Echo Park to Dr. Barbara well, Ferris' house. Close. Yeah, it's the uh, COVID you can caravan. shout at them from the top, which of course has no roof on it. And then they bring you back over there, and I think they take you to the Hollywood Bowl just to look maybe for two seconds, and then back home. Forget locals about, only. Forget about the Hollywood stars anymore. Oh. These are the protest, co- the COVID caravans that run people, people back and forth. Lived here for fifty years. I guess. So how much is that? Thank you. I don't need a map. I know where Echo Park is. So about fifty people chanted and waved signs on Sunday outside the Echo Park home of LA County Department. Department of Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer to protest the upcoming start of COVID-19 restrictions. Those happened today. They are in full force. They chanted, no science, no data, no shutdown, few no war peace. masks. And, uh, few, a few, few war few, masks? Few, mm-hmm. Yeah, few. A few or just few. Yeah. A video post on Twitter showed a handful of protesters arguing with a neighbor of Barbara Ferris. Oh, can you imagine Congratulations, that? ma'am. Yeah, no, I just live here. I know. She's a disaster. <laughs> oh, by the way, you can't miss the house. It's too. It looks like you're driving up on the Munsters house, 1313 <laughs> Mockingbird Lane. You might, if you ring the doorbell, Vincent Price laughs from the Thriller album. It's a house of, it's a house of doom over there. <laughs> And off she goes. And there oh, she yeah. goes. Who is it, a please? Video, a video posted on Twitter showing a handful of protesters arguing with a neighbor. And one waved a flag reading Trump train. Another held a homemade sign saying, quote, only we the people can save the USA. And uh, that's mm. true. I think in West Hollywood, one of our friends who used to work right here, Chris Hughes, who used to work at the old Radio Ranch, he, posted, he posted a picture from West Hollywood where many of the restaurants that have been closed down actually have pictures of Barbara Ferrer on their front door saying this is the person responsible with putting thousands of uh, workers uh, really on the shelf because of a shutdown that has no correlation to science. But you're right. You know, the protesters pulled up. 1313 Mockingbird Lane. You can't miss it. It's like in that open, when you're driving, all the houses are pretty well, but some of them are older, Southern California architecture, and then you pull up on this rather up on a hill, very dark, and it's always raining over her house. It's always raining. Like the blackbirds, but you know, it's just, and then you just, I mean, some of the protests, you walk right up. I mean, it's out there, and you just knock on the door. Right. And uh, she answers. There she is. I, there I she mean, is. that's amazing. Can you believe it we is, have that audio? It's truly it amazing. Like so. You're right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like that. <laughs> 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 so would you like to know what you can't do starting I actually, right now? Uh, well, uh, shall we start with, um, let's start with restaurants, breweries, and wineries. This is a winery. We whine about these closures sometimes. As we should. But we have important information. Here's what you can get to and not get to, and here's what maybe you could get to if you have a little gusto. I'm not recommending that. <laughs> Go ahead, Jen. If you have a little gusto. If you have a little gusto. Uh, All right, well, outdoor dining. And this is L.A. County, everything except Pasadena because they have a little bit of sanity and a health department all their own in Pasadena. Here's the good news. Outdoor dining still um, 86 for three weeks in Los Angeles County. They're stressing that these are less they're they're less restrictive than the closures back in springtime. And we'll have, you know, this Christmas season, Merry COVID Christmas, folks. Uh, While you hear these closures, it might overwhelm you. But the good news is they're only in effect until a December 20th. Yeah, that's fine. Any of your Christmas plans. Holiday season. All right. So you also have essential retail. So stores, that means grocery stores will now be at 35% capacity. I got to tell you about my weekend in one second. Non-essential retail. So that's indoor malls and all the places you might go to buy Christmas gifts. 20% capacity. Personal care services. So salons, tattoo, massage parlors, they're still open, but they're at 25% capacity. Libraries. 
20% capacity. Fitness centers still closed indoors, but if they've moved outdoors, they're at 50% capacity. And this is what I don't get. Well, that's ridiculous. Exactly. Mini golf, which is outdoors, 50%. Batting cages, go-karts, because I know you love those, 50%. Museums, galleries, zoos, aquariums, botanical gardens, which also outside are at 50% capacity. They're doing beaches and trails. Those will remain open. But outdoor playgrounds, unless they're at essential child care centers or schools, they're going to be inaccessible. So good luck with the kids. You're just going to have to keep them cooped up. We've been told forever that we can be outdoors and that we can be safe outdoors, Brian, and now they're just changing the rules again. Well, it's safer at home. And not much safer at some outdoor locations, if you interpret it. They're not saying it that way. The miniature golf, and I, I tried to get out there very early this morning. You know, I'd like to hit a few before the broadcast, I know. before you the sun right comes up. right through the windmill, I know. They had a latex sheath they wanted me to put on the putter. And I said, <laughs> well, this is not the same. It doesn't feel like. And the, the ball went into the on the green, and then you can't get the ball out of the hole, out of the putter, because you can't touch the golf ball. Right. There you go. Yeah. Even the green and pink and red ones. I know. Multicolored. You're such a good sportsman. That's what I love about you. Well, you know, nothing, nothing in these days of COVID-19 will prevent me from my physical fitness. You're like, um, you're like Tiger Woods at Malibu Castle. But different, right? But a little bit different. All right. Barbara Ferrer with this uh, announcement about the upcoming order, which again, in effect today in LA County. This order goes into effect on Monday, November 30th, and will remain in effect for three weeks until December 20th. Public and private gatherings and events with individuals not from the same household are prohibited, except for faith-based services and protests. Public health is also reducing occupancy at various businesses where everyone is required to wear face coverings and distance. The new maximum occupancy limits are as follows. Essential retail is permitted at 35% maximum occupancy. Non-essential retail, this includes indoor malls, is permitted at 20% maximum occupancy. Schools and day camps remain open, uh, but they may need to close for two weeks if they have an outbreak of three or more cases. If they start having fun, they're done. Playgrounds, with the exception of playgrounds at child care facilities or at schools, will need to close along with card rooms. See you, gang. You know, she could make that less sensitive and actually record it and put it on a loop. (laughs) She doesn't. It's so impersonal and so lacking humanity. She should just record it and someone should get out there and and play it off their phone. And she didn't even have to show up. She's not even convinced. They have no science. These are arbitrary shutdowns. So uh, here we are again. I say if you're having a gathering, just make it a protest or say a prayer and make it a religion. By the way, if if you like to gamble with your friends and play poker, tell them it's your religion. And for some seriously, people, seriously, it or is protest. You're protesting the police by playing poker or something crazy like that. Pretty big accident for Joe Biden over the weekend. We'll tell you what happened as your Monday morning answer continues. Every morning, breaking news and talk you can trust. This is the answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Thanks for joining us. It is your Monday morning answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. so happy to have you with us. And by the way, guys, we are officially in the holiday season. Let me be the first to oh. tell you Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, the, this used to be the time that a little bit of, a little bit, and it's a tender issue, actually, right? A little bit, not now, but, you know, when we come back, a little bit of Christmas music. This used to be kind of the time to do that, but... We have it up our sleeve, I think. I know we do. And Just doesn't a little. Feel- 
more tender than ever before yes. because you don't want to thrust it on someone. I mean, to say it, and you know what I mean? It's, you don't want to overwhelm someone who might be in that mental or emotional, ah, I can't do that quite yet. <laughs> or like you out there, like Clark Griswold, decorating two homes for Christmas over the weekend. I watched six Lifetime and Hallmark movies this weekend oh, wow. while I was decorating. It, it, it is amazing. You could just take uh, it's, it's amazing that I they, mean, that people you're, go, ah. You're suicidal. Like, you oh, know, geez. if you don't fix your failing business in about five days right. and meet the love of your life underneath the ball of mistletoe, I mean, you're just doing life wrong unless you're <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that's the and message if you're watching those in Hallmark eight... movies. And you have to ice skate. Everybody knows how. That's, yeah. that's one of the things. It's the just... Hallmark movies took a took a creative tip from Groundhog Day. It's the same movie. They just have different, <laughs> different actors, actors and different, you know, it's a guy, it's a woman. It's like, ah, oh, and then there's the other one and the mother. But is you know what's great about that for when you are decorating? You don't have to like sit and focus because you can be up and doing things because you kind of already know the loose storyline, right? Well, the loose one. Yeah, you know, you know that at about one minute, about one hour and 45 minutes in, there's going to be some sort of drama that pulls the two main characters apart. And it's like, going to be they're going to lose on December 23rd. And then on the tw- on Christmas Eve is when the crescendo of the Lifetime Absolutely. films. And then through the door, sometimes in the darkness of early morning and maybe bump into Santa Claus. It's just like when I was a child. <laughs> And it all culminates like this, all, all the build-up. <laughs> you get a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> like, dudes, I've seen Jersey Shore. I don't know if that's how it's working and out And then there. at one point, she actually looked at the guy, and she said, uh, Tony Geary. Oh, I'm sorry, Luke Spencer from General Hospital. Yeah. Kiss me. They say they're real. They forget sometimes because all the roles are the same. Right. And there's a little kiss, and then an angel gets his wings. And, but Jimmy Stewart that's amazing. Us, But never mind. Oh, sorry. Uh, someone who did not have a great Hallmark Christmas movie weekend is Joe Biden. His doctor on Sunday said that the president-elect, as uh, they are oh. calling him, allegedly. Hold on a second. At 622. I'm not calling him that. He just did. And I'll tell third- you why. And I'll tell you why in a second. This is what, what they're reporting. This is what his doctor said. <clears throat> that <Okay>. he sustained. <laughs> this is not what I say. Uh, I'll call a, him that in a few took, weeks. Maybe. A few bumps, corn pop. They said that, quote, he sustained a sprain of his right foot Ow. after twisting his ankle while oh. playing with his dog, Major. Major, sure. right. Uh-huh, hey, sure. Major. Well, what do you sure think? Sure, he didn't was? just fall over somewhere. <laughs> sure. Hey, where's the, the oval room? Office, Joe. Ah, why I ought to. Now, down he goes. initial x-rays are reassuring that, they're, uh, reassuring that there are no obvious fractures. He'll be getting an additional CAT scan for more detailed imaging. Follow-up CT scan confirmed some hairline fractures of oh, Biden's well, hair- lateral. The hairline, and- of, hairline and Joe Biden, words you don't want to say in the same <laughs> sentence, going all the way back oh, to the plugs. days of plugs in the 88 right. campaign. Well, right. uh, apparently he's got some <clears throat> hairline fractures as well in his lateral <laughs> and intermediate cuneiform Cuneiform. But you can I, let it I used to no take cuneiform. cuneiform. I yeah. took two tablets in the morning. It's a supplement. Which is the midfoot, and it's anticipated that he's likely going to need a walking boot for at least several oh, weeks. It's mm-hmm. a rough look, Joe. That's a and rough look to pull off. It's this. It's like it's, this. Oh, it's physical humor, but folks, this is it. Hey, corn pop! <laughs> Jennifer saw it. Hey, big swing out. You know, I see some guys. I used to work for a guy. Hey, how are you? Hey, corn pop! How do I get to the Oval? Well, Mr. Vice President, whatever we call you now, go down. You see the seal. Make a left. Hard left? Well, don't get crazy, Joe. More moderate left. Gotcha, corn pop. Ow. It trips over everything. You'll be happy to know that President Trump 
wrote get well soon on Twitter to Joe Biden. He took a I guess there was a picture that NBC News had taken of him leaving the hospital, the orthopedic office in Delaware. And uh, and and Donald Trump actually retweeted that with the get well soon message. But I thought I saw another tweet. It was a typo. And the president wrote, get lost soon. (laughs) I think he did say that. Now, the second tweet, one of the things that, that didn't get covered so much this weekend, everybody was holidaying, of course, but the mainstream news media did not want to cover this town This town hall events, essentially, where Rudy Giuliani presented some of the evidence to Ah. uh, a crowd of people about some of the voter fraud in Pennsylvania. No, this was actually a panel of people involved with the voting process in Pennsylvania. And he pointed out one major problem that no one's been able to explain quite yet, and that is how only 1.8 million mail-in ballots were sent out, yet 2.5 million mail-in ballots were actually counted in Hmm. Pennsylvania. A little bit of trouble with the math. Also, in Georgia, a judge issued a restraining order for 10 days preventing defendants from destroying or erasing Dominion voting machines. That's happening in Georgia right now. Sidney Powell, who's been promising a lawsuit, well, she delivered. She filed a 104-page complaint on massive fraud in the Georgia election. Also, some stuff going on in Michigan. And President Trump did his first interview uh, in quite a gosh, since Election Day. He did it with Maria Bartiromo on hello, Sunday, and he t- – <laughs> hello, Greta. He was on with Maria the morning that he reacted to the debate rules. Hello, Maria. <laughs> when he talks to Maria, he's very comfortable. So yeah, expect she likes And they know – I seem to think they know each other because they're both very comfortable. I, I, in, if history repeats itself, you get the true unfiltered – I mean really, really unfiltered Trump here. I think we can – maybe we'll hear that right now. President Trump said that he is not going to stay in the White House, that if the Electoral College does not uh, make him the incoming president or the president continuing on – for another four years that he will leave office. So he talked about some of the issues with voter fraud, and then he talked about what his future plans could be. Take a listen. You have Dominion, which is very, very suspect to start off with. Nobody knows the ownership. People say the votes are counted in foreign countries. No, no, and and much worse than that, by the way, with Dominion. So, uh, you know, Dominion is also partially based in Canada, but it's based in other countries, too. I'm just going to stop the president for one second. He's talking about this actually at the greeting that he did for the White at the White House on Thanksgiving for the military, where he was asked about the Dominion system. Take a listen. Nobody knows where the votes, but you know Canada refuses to use Dominion. Canada uses paper ballots. So think of it: they're based in Canada, and Canada refuses to use them. They're smart. They use paper ballots because paper ballots are the only thing, frankly, the only thing that really. Uh, you're going to get an accurate tab on because those machines are fixed. They're rigged. You can press Trump and the vote goes to Biden. All you have to do is play with a chip and it's down. Uh, it's shown all the time. All you have to do is play with a chip and they played with a chip. So sure. that's yeah. that's President Trump. Do you know exactly what the problem is after he described he's it talking so about an, Yeah, he's talking about an algorithm, actually. That's right. what but he I means by it playing chip with the chip. Of course I say words differently. Dominion. Dominion. Not Dominion. <laughs> I have to say the folks, Maria, the folks at Dominion <laughs> are the worst in the election industry. <laughs> the president was asked about his future plans, whether or not he will run again in 2024, whether he's going to stick around for another four years in Washington, D.C. Take a listen. If Joe Biden takes over the White House on January 21st, will you announce a candidacy for 2024? Well, no, I don't want to talk about 2024 yet. Will you, will you because this candidacy? this is far if and when from being. Look, look, look. 
I and the people that work in this are, are very professional, and all of this stuff is coming. It's, a lot of it came out, if you look at the Philadelphia meeting, if you look at the Pennsylvania meeting yesterday, a lot of it came out. This has a long way to go. This has a long way to go. You're going to find tremendous fraud. You're going to find fraud of hundreds of thousands of votes per state. You're going to find fraud of many, many times the votes that I need. Again, we're not talking about less votes where, you know, 20 votes, but it doesn't turn the election. No, we're talking about thousands and thousands of votes beyond what we need to turn a state. When you see that, I think it's very hard even for the media to say that, you know, Biden should win the state. And there's no way that Biden got 80 million votes, by the way. The only way he got 80 million votes is through a massive fraud. There's no way that he got 80 million votes. Do you have the timeline on when you're going to present this evidence of voter fraud you talked about? Well, it's happening now. I mean, we're, we're, we're in courts. We're in courts. Right, and then we're kicked out of them, and then we go into another one. It's an important thing, Jennifer, on a serious note. The president says here, you're going to see major, you're going to see major fraud, major fraud. For this to be right now, tomorrow's December 1, the last day of November, for this to be a legitimate issue of consequence for him to be taking this position, forget about seeing major fraud. Don't we have to see evidence of it right now? Yeah, and you were given it last week, and a lot of people chose not to cover Why it. Why would is... he not have said it then, repeated it specifically? Well, because I think he's saying there's more that's going to come out in some of these lawsuits. I mean, look, Sidney Powell's got 104 pages of evidence in uh, Georgia, in just Georgia alone. You've got Pennsylvania that, again, has some real discrepancies in their numbers. The same type of thing happening in Michigan and in Wisconsin. So, uh, yes, there is evidence. It's coming out. You just have to be ready to, uh, to look I am ready. It. I'm ready. I'm standing back. I knew you would be. Shots fired in front of the L.A. County District Attorney's House. We'll tell you what happened over the weekend as your Monday Morning Answer continues. Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. There you go. You ask for a little holiday sprinkle, Whitman. There we go. We deliver to you. Thank you. What's the matter? Nothing. Nothing. It sounds great. Feels very Christmassy. What is wrong with you? Nothing. It just feels very Christmassy right now. Can't you feel the merriment, Jennifer? Uh, out there at all the uh, local businesses and whatnot, and the streets are cleared no, like it's the apocalypse. We're shut down. Dashing through the street <laughs> where nobody else is driving, going 95 miles an hour. Because the freeways are totally clear. No hair salon for me. No poker game Friday. But I can protest the police at City Hall maskless. Woo! <laughs> All right, this is kind of a crazy story. There's been a lot of action at Jackie Lacey's house. You know, she's the L.A. <laughs> County District Attorney, although she's leaving office because— Well, not, with a ba- not without a bang. Why I don't know what is wrong with you people in L.A., but George Gascon uh, is going to be our incoming L.A. County District Attorney. You think Jackie Lacey is liberal? Wait till you get a hold of Gascon, who took some money, actually his biggest campaign contributor from— Jackie Lacey. George Soros. Oh, okay. Two Georges, Gascon and Soros. What he's doing, George Soros, guys. If you haven't picked up the playbook, he's going and trying to get a hold of all the district attorney or district attorneys. District district attorneys. District attorneys. District attorneys, get rid of I saw the secretary of state and the district attorney's ballots. <laughs> I thought of you this weekend with this Jackie Lacey story. Folks will hear the, deta- the D's tales. She's not that liberal to shoot 
at somebody, you know, to Well, her husband fa- came out and defended right. her house when there were protesters on the front lawn, which I applauded, by the way, because guess what? Yeah. Get off of my lawn, people. Right. So you can't can you just call get her out there. so liberal? A liberal would like call a social worker and try to have a conversation. Jackie Lacey's out there just, fire away! George Gascon. All right. So a shooting happened near the home of District Attorney Jackie Lacey over the weekend. She lives in Granada Hills, and someone tried to steal a car. That was there. Was it her car? I got the impression. A security team for Jackie Lacey was involved in the incident, which was an attempted car theft around 6.20 p.m., according to the LAPD. According to police, the security detail had two cars outside of Lacey's home. <laughs> As a security officer exited one of the cars, two suspects – this is a really bad day for you, and you dumb hear of criminals. dumb criminals. How about this? You're su- such a dumb uh, criminal. You steal a car, but it's from the district attorney's driveway. Security I mean, detail, dumb- by the way. Right. Let's get that. Hey, hey, uh, let's get that one. It's oh really unfortunate that, you know, they say that God speaks to you in, in certain ways. These criminals maybe might need to find some reform when they try to steal the car of the security uh, detail Parker for the uh, LA County District. Mark Garagos wouldn't defend no. these guys. Two suspects pulled up in their own vehicle. Now, investigators from uh, the personal security detail from the DA's office noticed that the suspects attempting to steal the car that was parked in that area. One of the officers opened fire during a confrontation with the suspects. Two of them fled the scene with out being struck, but uh, the LAPD commander, Alan Hamilton, held a press conference Saturday night, said the suspects crashed their vehicle after fleeing. They got into another vehicle. No arrests have been made yet at this oh point. Police say they don't believe Jackie Lacey had any involvement with the incident or was the target of the crime. Just bad so timing for these yeah, criminals. Well, bad to- Well, bad planning. I mean, yeah. I think that most, when we talk about car theft and in the days of closures and everything in the safer at home and today is a day uh, less restrictive being described, but today's a day for more closures. Uh, They are limited in some areas. We'll run them down for you in a moment. But remember, Jen, the crime that was spiking was car theft because folks are inside and the cars are out on the street or in the driveway uh, not being not being driven much. So they sit there and they're sort of lying in wait, the criminals, and they plan to go get that car because that person doesn't come out of the house, etc., um, might you look at the address? Go. Well, just run any major law enforcement folks own this car? Yeah, the district attorney. Well, I think I could hop. Give me twelve seconds. <laughs> I just I think this is very symptomatic of what we're seeing in L.A. County specifically, but I think this is true in most of Southern California, and that is there is a spike in not only uh, burglary and theft, but of course people targeting cars. As you mentioned, the murder rate is astronomical. I don't know if you uh, heard the numbers over uh, out of Chicago this weekend. Over 700 people have died already in Chicago, and that is up, I think, 30% or 50% over last year. The murders in Los Angeles County reached over 300 this week. I just... People are frustrated. They uh, This is a well, hard time economically because yes. people went from having jobs last year to now having nothing, trying to get a hold of a food in a food line somewhere. And so they're feeling more desperation. And that's playing into the psyche that's spiking crime numbers. And then we have all of these dopes who want to defund the police. So you have less policing out on the streets more crime. This is not a good, the equation does not equal out well for LA County residents for sure. Let me ask you a question. That I, th- I, I think, 
I, I am interested in, in hearing what you think about this. Do you think, and I understand, look, we all understand that there's frustration and there's a exacerbation of a lot of pre-existing problems, whether they be personal health problems, mental health, physical health, whether they be your child is a student who needs help in a certain area. The remote learning is exacerbating the, uh, the, the challenge there in terms of education. Do you think that a person who is not a person who could commit a murder. I'm not talking like a real, not in a crime of, all of this stuff, right? Okay. Do you think what's happening out there can shift and move a person from, uh, you know, kind of straight down the road and, and now snapping? I think that yeah. happens in some rare cases. I think... But I don't know. I mean, I don't. I think the feeling of helplessness and desperation can drive people to commit crimes. Absolutely. But it that, may not the serious commit, ones like that. Not, it may not bring someone to to commit murder, but I think certainly anger and frustration does. Right when you feel that sense of hopelessness, you don't care. You lose the value of human life is lost. And we so, saw very sadly the, in the last time around the domestic violence incidents and the chief of police talking about the, you know, call, please call us if there's a problem. And I think as far I think that makes drug numbers go up, right? When people feel helpless or depressed and, and feel alone and isolated. I mean, these are all negative things that come along with these closures that we've now really had the big reveal last week that are not based in science. They are not doing these closures because they're even following the science. You know, I had a conversation with someone over the weekend about Dr. Fauci. And this person was on your side of the aisle, on the left, on the left, definitely a liberal. I'm on the right. If you're listening to the show for the first time, thank you. We've got a conservative and a liberal here, and we uh, we talk things out because we love each other. Dr. Fauci was brought up, and they said, well, conservatives just all hate Dr. Fauci. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, I make it a practice not to try to hate anybody. That's a of really course. strong word. Don't even know. I have personally. a hate list. It's very, very small. <laughs> Reserved <laughs> for Kathy it. Griffin. There um, it is. It's No. Okay, so Dr. Fauci, I do not hate. I And you know what? I've heard a million stories about where Dr. Fauci's interests are, and I don't know if he's personally enriching himself or not. There are a lot of rumors about him. That's fine. I acknowledge the rumors. But what I think is interesting about Dr. Fauci is that he just speaks to the science, right? You go to a doctor, and if you have a heart problem, your doctor is going to say, don't go here, don't elevate your stress level, don't eat this stuff, and then he's going to send you home. But he's not going to consider some of the things that you may have to do in life, like go to work, like deal with the stresses, uh, stressors of, uh, of whatever your situation might be. And so you navigate using his recommendations and the reality of your life, and you navigate through what your doctor tells you to do. That's what the average person does. From a scientist's mind, of course he's going to talk about closures because guess what? You are safer if you can stay at home, but are we equipped as human beings? to stay at home for nine months and to not run our businesses? No. You need someone who's going to blend the economic perspectives, the mental health perspectives, mm-hmm. and then the science of a pandemic. And you're going to need someone who can blend all of that to get us where we need to be. But the, I, I agree with a lot of that. The blend we, don't, we do not need and we never have needed, and we've, I've been saying this for a very long time here, we never need the blend of political motivation and science and medicine. When the, when, yeah, when you now blend we're getting those, it. Well, we've had it for a very long time, uh, and uh, I, I, it's problematic. And you know, I said to you at one point during the summer, if the doctor trying to personalize what seems to be a public policy reaction or disregard to some of what the scientific community is saying, if the doctor says, don't eat Twinkies, Brian, and I walk out of the office and I go eat Twinkies, then I'm not following the doctor's orders. If the doctor says, 
you know, do all these things, socially distance, wear a mask, and you don't, I mean, the doctor can only do so much. Isn't that true? Yeah, but I think we have to have a good dose of reality, and we can't always consume things from a strictly scientific perspective because it doesn't take into account everything else. All right. As we continue... Big updates to two hotly contested congressional races from right here in the state. We'll have that for you as your Monday morning answer continues. Brian Whitman's voices, Jennifer Horn's brain. What else do you need to start your day? This is the morning answer. Thanks for joining us. It's Monday, starting off a brand new work week. I'm happy to be looking at that lovely face of yours, Brian Whitman here, Jennifer Horn as well. And uh, some updates for you, Brian, on some congressional races that we've been following. Yeah, some very, very close and still shifting numbers moving here on the last day of November. Okay, so I remember we talked about, I think it was either last week or the week before, about that Iowa congressional race where... I, I, th- I thought of you over the weekend. I saw, yeah, I'll save the number certified, for you. They certified the results finally. Yeah. For all of the dopes in your life that say, oh, my vote doesn't count. Six votes ah. separated two candidates in Iowa. The Republican was Marionette Miller Meeks. I think we had some fun with her name. And uh, the Democrat was Rita Hart, and uh, Miller Meeks beat out Hart by six votes after the recount. You think about six votes. Now, let me intensify it. That's three voters. That's right. Six votes is only three voters. So three of the people who did show up went the other way, marionette, meaningful. (laughs) Meeks Miller. Meeks Miller. Or Miller Meeks, excuse me. Miller (laughs) Meeks. Uh, and uh, the other one who has uh, took her Rita heart Hart. out, yeah, huh? Yeah, Rita Hart. Yep. Rita tear my heart out. She so she lost. Rita lost by six votes. Yeah. May I ask you how many total votes approximately? I mean, I want to do three hundred and ninety-four thousand four hundred. My goodness. So it's a pretty big election. I would say that's pretty right? close. Yeah. I mean, Al Gore. Like Al Gore. Was 2,000 miles away. He filed for a hand recount. It just said instinct. Yeah, this is <laughs> – and, you know, they had um, – Fox and Friends had Marionette Miller-Meeks on today. And she she said, you know, this was a and, hard, hard-fought hard race for oh, both I'll of say. us. I mean, imagine how disappointing that is. When you get blown out – I'm not going to say it's ever easy to lose. But when you get blown out, it's a little – I don't know. For me, it'd be – it, easier. It, is it? I think, I think, yeah, I think it is easier because I think if you lose by six, you're like, man, if I had just – Gone about, down one more street if I right. just had one Remember, more. you know, uh, Miss Hart, uh, remember when we were at the Kroger and I, the shopper came out? And I said, ah, I got to go get something to eat. That yeah. woman with the – I should have talked to her because it would be three votes. But think of the magnitude of that. Over 300,000 votes cast, six votes, which, again, I say three because – Voters going the other way would or four voters, right, would switch that around. And uh, that's why the well, say it every four years. We say it every two years. Say it every year yeah. when there's an election the get out the vote effort. Who gets their voters up out of the house or on the couch with the mail in ballot? Uh, you know, that 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 uh, phrase up and out to vote might not be applicable anymore. But uh, can you imagine literally here the Monday morning quarterbacking going on specifically in that losing campaign? Right. It's, by six votes. And, you know, that even with a recount, because that's it. They were waiting for a recount and uh, the results were just re- announced over the weekend. But even with the recount, you have to be wondering, OK, did they get everything? <laughs> Is there anything else laying around? That's rough. 
Here in California, good news for Republican David Valadeo, who uh, had defeated incumbent Representative T.J. Cox in the 21st Congressional District. This was announced over the weekend. Valadeo was actually able to avenge his loss in the Central Valley in 2018 when Cox beat him. He was a three-term congressman, and he beat him by 900 votes in 2018. So now Valadeo, this was a close uh, race again, was uh, kind of back and forth, and they just announced he He was indeed the winner, so he'll be back in office again in January. I know that a lot of our Morning Answer listeners have that 21st Congressional District. That's uh, the Joaquin Valley, isn't it? Yeah, Central Valley area, yes. And you mentioned that. uh, Mike Garcia... I know that there were some people say, well, he's declared. Yeah, we're getting close with Mike Garcia. I guess they're doing their last canvassing today. But he still maintains he is the victor. I mean, he's a friend of this program. I like Mike. Yeah. But uh, he's he's still saying. And he's still ahead by, at the last count, and this was as of yesterday, uh, he's ahead by 405 votes. The last canvas is today. So hopefully there will be either a concession by Christy Smith or they will call that election right now. He's got 169,460. 64 votes. That's 50.1% to Christy Smith's 169,059 votes. That's 49.9%. 405. The 405. Whereas the other race was the two freeway. Yes, it's a 405. You know, these numbers or the five freeway, right? Six votes. The, these are uh, these are very, you know what? They, they increase, Jen. Don't you think they, it increases the emotion, obviously, when a race is so close. And it is a manifestation, if you will, or a demonstration, if you will, an affirmation of the divide in this country that these races, so many of them, including the presidential race, a lot closer than folks thought. And it underscores, one would think, the wake-up call to those who manage and execute elections to be better prepared because when six votes can decide an election, uh, then, my goodness, folks folks in public policy, the elections bureaus, need to roll up their sleeves and make sure that they have more strict and more security with these elections because I don't see any indication that the divide is lessening. In fact, I see it sharpening. Yeah, I think there definitely is more divide. And certainly this seat, particularly Congressional Seat 25, this is Simi Valley. It is Santa Clarita, Agua Dolce. Uh, I think even Acton is is in that same district. And uh, this has been the subject of scrutiny for the last two years. Because remember, it was Christy, it was Christy, um, not Christy Flynn, it was Katie Hill, who beat Steve Knight, who was the incumbent in there and had been for a couple of rounds. That's right. And she beat him by nine percentage points back in 2018. And then she had to vacate her seat because of all of her dramas. Speaking of three or four votes. Right. And also had to she was being investigated for her process of ballot harvesting, which is really what kind of led to the scandal to begin. Well, actually, ethics violation to have a relationship with somebody on your campaign staff. That's what led the news media to even find that story. It was because they were investigating some ballot harvesting and bad practices there. They find that. Then they find the personal scandal. She resigns. And then Christy Smith and Mike Garcia have been going back and forth. They had a special election back in March with Mike Garcia won, and now you're seeing them fight it out three weeks still after Election Day. So we'll keep an eye on that one, but maybe some news out of that district today. Now, over the weekend, Joe, before pre-injury to his ankle, Joe and Jill Biden sat down and gave a Thanksgiving greeting. They talked a lot about COVID and about the gift of staying home. Take a listen. Thanksgiving has always been a special time for the Biden family. For us, we've had a long, long tradition of traveling in Nantucket with our big family, a large family, every Thanksgiving. 
We won't be doing that this year. This year, we're going to be staying in Delaware with just a small group around at our dinner table. I know this isn't the way many of us hoped we'd spend our holiday. We know that a small act of staying home is a gift to our fellow Americans. Yes, it's a personal sacrifice that each of our families can make and should make to save somebody else's life. But it's also a shared sacrifice for the whole country. A statement of common purpose that says we care about one another and we're all in this together. This has been a year filled with heartache and loss, yet there is still so much to be thankful for. We're thankful for the millions of Americans who've been working on the front lines throughout this pandemic, those who care for our sick, who help put food on our tables, who teach our children, who put on a uniform to serve our nation, and the families who love them as well. Nice touch with the dramatic music, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's uh, that's uh, straight out of uh, Hollywood. We understand that. But I have to say that the, the, the content of what the president-elect and the future first lady Biden said there was, uh, I think, uh, obviously, isn't that all typically, traditionally, what we expect the tone from a president to understand the sacrifice here? And by the way, in Los Angeles at home, big story of the L.A. Times yesterday about people and the worry that, that, that folks aren't you know, fully going to second time around with a with with a with a stay at home and a heavier restriction, less restricted than the first time. But another one still Biden's approval rating, Jen. For what, however that felt to you, is up, according to the folks at Gallup, at 55 percent, the approval rating for Joe Biden is highest since February of last year. So I think that, well, that's the number. Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, look, you can say what you will about the approval rating. He really hasn't had a chance to go into into office yet. So uh, that's probably indicative of people saying, well, I'll give him a chance if he is but the, tone matters, the president-elect. Right? I don't know that tone matters. I, I You know, I take issue with the, with the idea that we should just shut up and stay home because uh, that's what you know, that's what's good for the country. I don't know about that. I actually kind of fundamentally disagree. So it doesn't matter in which tone he delivers it. It's the content of the message. But not many people got to hear that message. In fact, probably more people heard that message on this program than actually did online. Because in a tweet on Friday, President Trump had a few laughs at Joe Biden's expense because the Thanksgiving Day address, which was put up online, only had a thousand views. It was on network television, too. It was The networks <laughs> broke the news, in with it. Yeah, some of the news organizations took it. But they put it up online, and it had a 1,000 views, which, according to Donald Trump, was a record low. And he said it's kind of tough to believe that someone with 80 million votes would only bring in a 1,000 viewers to his Thanksgiving message. And um, – well, it's I you know, I, I think that maybe the, uh, he's on to something. Well, but maybe he's already maybe it's over, too. I mean, maybe maybe it is indeed uh, over there but was he's uh, inspirational enough to bring in 80,000 votes. No, but, I mean, really breaking that ceiling, an 80 year old votes. white guy, 80 million votes, excuse me, you know, breaking the ceiling, old white man. Um, you, I mean, if he's that inspirational and people are hanging on his every well, word and there are 80 million people that are ready, you would think maybe more than a thousand people might have watched his Thanksgiving well, message. Well, more did. It was on network television. But having said that, he has inspired one other old white guy. 
1600 Pennsylvania Avenue to tweet about him. So there's some inspiring going on. Inspiration is out there. And gave him a very nice message, by the way, for a speedy recovery because he hurt himself over the weekend playing with his dog. That's the story. All right. As we continue, uh, brand new information on a new vaccine. Uh, This one just announced this morning. We'll tell you how that will impact you and your family's health as your Monday morning answer continues.